Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Mr. Morgan, who is speaking with me in our 79th, possibly even 80th, I think, episode of uh, the Mindful Surfer podcast. And um, mate, what a journey. He's got, he's got 80 caps for the Mindful Surfer. He's got 80, 80 caps. He's got 80, 80 caps for the Mindful Surfer. And... Um, it's been fun. It's been really, really good. Dude, what's the news? Well, the news is we've both been away to different local breaks around the southwest, haven't we? So I was in Cornwall. Corona. Very professional down there, isn't it? Surfing. Very pro. Um, and it was thumping on the north coast. So I did what I do when it's thumping somewhere. I went and found a small spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than okay, dude. We, yeah. just, we discussed this in the car on the way up. It's one of those ones where... There's a Lao Tzu quote, which is, there is just as much discipline as the things that we leave undone as the things we do. Mm-hmm. And it's this aspect of being able to have the mental strength to say, to say no. And uh, nah, don't, don't, don't like it. It's not in my yeah. remit of enjoyment. If you don't like it, there you go. And don't do it. Especially when there's somebody on the beach taking photos of the surfers in there. Yeah, it's yeah. pro, isn't it? Yeah. Somebody was ripping. I won't say where it was, but some beautiful big waves on that North Coast spot. Um, and I just thought, nah, <laughs> yeah. I'll go for it. And, and, the, and what, what is it with that? When you look at it and, and you go, nah, is it because the, the feeling of being in water like that when it's big or bigger just, just doesn't just lose focus? What is it? You, you, no, don't, you no. don't get the enjoyment out of it. I mean, as I've long said, it's, it's, it's not so much being in there. Without the board, it's much easier in a way, as I've said before. Mm. Um, it was to do, it, it was almost a combination of two factors, really, was uh, the criticalness of the wave, mm-hmm. the amount of people competing for that wave, mm. uh, and the swell size as well. So all of those things come together. You think, mm, I'll find somewhere else. Just leave it. And but actually, what, is it, what I'm getting at is, what is it about larger waves, mentally, that does something inside the head? What is What is that? Do you know... Do you know what that is? Is it, or is it more? Is it much more just? just nah, a, don't just, know. Just a feeling, isn't just it? Just a feeling. Yeah, yeah, and it's the crowd factor more than anything mm. else. I think in in some way combined with that. So it was a really yeah. It was sort of a strange, not strange. It was the universe was actually then kind mm. to me mm. because the spot that I really wanted to go to as well because I haven't served that for a very very long time was empty. There were, mm. there were what three people in when mm-hmm. I got there. Mm-hmm. So it's a sort of yeah, it's always a combination. Worked of out for the best, of course it is. And for me, when when it comes to when I say no with surf, with size is don't want to die. Mm. Just just don't just just don't genuinely afraid. And I have that every now and then, like all surfers. And I just look at it and go, yeah, I'm afraid. And and it's okay to have that fear stopper mm. sometimes. We it does it to us all. Um, and. Has it has some mostly very little to do with other factors other than just the sheer size of them? Because what waves are is this sort of this amazing thing that we love to tap in, tap into. But when they get to a certain size, now everyone now everyone has a different scale on that. Yeah, our mind and my mind does this. It goes, "Will I be able to hold my breath for long enough?" That becomes the question, and. If it's a no, it's a no. And that's the way I gauge it. I look at it and I go, so, and then that, I think that's when fear is very healthy because it can make you 
be more calculated in what you do. Do you know that's and certainly look at it and sort of go, yeah, I don't know if I could hold my breath for long enough. Like it's, you know, we've all been pounded in surfing. We've all had yeah. been worked and spun and all these things. And then there'll be those odd sessions we all have. And this is what's really interesting. I had one recently, as we discussed on the podcast, uh, my, my worst wipe out of my life for sure at, at a wave near us uh, a couple of months ago, a few months ago. And what wipeouts can do to us is they can really put us off. Like we can have um, a moment in our surfing career where we are in a certain size, because really that's the truth. We're, we're in a certain size of waves, not just certain size, because we discussed this as well, but like certain size and power mm. and rip and all the all the the churniness of it. Well, and shape, right? Shape. There are different kinds of waves. Load. Spill, spilling, surging, barreling. Totally. You know. 100%. And even, and in fact, actually on that front, Ben Gravy from recent uh, pipeline expeditions Holy where he was in shit, yeah. head high yeah. to head and a half pipe, which isn't crazy. Of course, it's still pretty full on, but he gets stuck in this churny bit. So what we're looking at here in, in surfing is we'll have these experiences where we're in a moment where we go, oh, would I do that again? Could I go through that again? And sometimes it's a no, and we sort of have to build that repertoire for ourselves. We've got to build yeah. this mental bank of going, mental memory, and, and, and be able to go, okay, well, what is useful to me? This bit of knowledge, that happened there at this size. I know that I didn't cope with that, and because I didn't, I don't want to go through that again. Done. That's useful. What's sometimes useless is the unconscious stuff that we're, and that's why it's unconscious we don't we aren't aware of it aren't aware of why it it stops us and that's the stuff that you sort of go well can you can you work on that well who knows i think it's good isn't you it know, for surfers we don't know to admit where their fears are do you know what one of my big ones is is hitting the board that's where mm. that, that's actually mm. is the i've often said you know it's the combination of those two mm-hmm. things because mm-hmm. as a swimmer no problem at all with mm-hmm. a hand plate. You know, I like that because you kind of weirdly, you kind of more in control of what you're holding mm-hmm. on to mm-hmm. yourself. And when you put a board into the mix, not just other people's, I mean, that that's the big thing for me. Isn't mm-hmm. it? And there's been a lot of stuff on social recently about people ditching boards and mm-hmm. letting them fly around, especially in busy mm-hmm. lineups, mm-hmm. particularly from those places we, we just mentioned. And so that is a challenge as well mentally because you're not just, worrying about yourself a bit like driving isn't it? you're focusing on everybody else around you and what whether their behavior is going to put you under under threat especially in bigger and critical mm-hmm. waves mm-hmm. and so that, i think that's one of the big drivers for me is the what it is the collision with your own board mm. or someone else's mm. fins nose whatever it's happened a few times of course and so you start that it's it's kind of it's in your periphery of mm, fear isn't it definitely. somewhere not even subconscious but now you come to mention it it's there it's ever present ever present. so i think that's what starts to throw me mm. and 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 in, in a way that's where the mindset of trying to deal with and breathing through dealing with crowds particularly crowds where you have you know mixed ability uh sups for heaven forbid foils that that's where i go mm. a combination with more critical bigger surf I'm mm, like oh, I'm mm, not mm. I'm not enjoying myself now yeah 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 and the ball kind of becomes like yeah. a hindrance in a yeah. way yeah it's one of those ones where for me it's it's I think that surfers are so different and I think that some are, are in their nature more drawn to larger conditions because oh, because of that adrenaline but what's really interesting with that is is that it's relative too because someone else might get just as much adrenaline from two to three feet that's let's say steep 
and barreling or whatever, as much as someone else would get just the same in eight to 12 or whatever. So it's, it's about flow state and we're trying to find flow state. If we know that we probably won't get flow state in a situation, sometimes it's, it's smarter to pull out. What, one of the biggest work-ons I've had in that way is when waves are really small or small in general, because that's where the longboard's been amazing because mm-hmm. I wasn't, and I didn't get any flow state out of that for, for years because I would just be sort of looking at it going, it's small, what am I going to do? And when I did go in, it's like, well, I can't do anything that I can normally do. So when you then, when I, I was dealing with that, and then, then as you get more conscious, more mindful as a surfer, hopefully we start to expand our horizons and let go of ego and go, oh, I'll just try this board, I'll try that idea, da, 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 da. And longboarding, therefore, for me, has been an absolute savior because I thought I would always be someone that liked medium to, to, to sizable surf and not small, but I love small. I, I, if it's one to two foot and one foot marginal, but one to two and clean, mm-hmm. I enjoy as much as eight to 10, just as much. And the whole broad bit in between. And if we can do that as surfers, dare I say, this is my, you know, this is what you should do. This is what someone might do and could do is if we can, uh, so certainly in, depending on where you live, because of course, if you're in Hawaii, well, <laughs> you're in Hawaii. So you're, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> six months of the year, you've got 10 to 12 or six months of the year, you got flat. But if you live where we live or you live around the world where you've got like a real range of surf, is you, if you can be that golfer that's got the, the two iron, I don't know if there's a two iron, but, you know, the three iron, six iron, the driver, the da-da, it gives oh, you there's an option. iron for everything. It's like it's like the Rob Machado line of surfboards. It is. It is just like the Rob Machado. And it's one of those ones where, where I loads of surfers in Ireland have taken the piss out of me before as, as just frothing on anything. But it is that thing where if you can just go in in almost anything you are going to just surf more often yeah you're going to be in you're going to be getting flow experience and it takes that adaptation mindset and certainly um we're all on a journey in that way nothing's fixed you know you may find yourself in years to come going in way bigger surf you don't know you know i might find myself getting a bloody quiver of longboards you know we're all on a sort of well you look at ben gravy in that respect yeah he's done exactly that hasn't he? he's you know, a very good example of that yeah you know likes this sort of fun novelty stuff yeah also then has gone and surfed some huge stuff. And seeing him recently and some of the wedges there out in Pipeline, you, you're right, you know, watching that episode of Ben Gravy got me thinking a lot about where you live determines the surf you have to, if you want to get in the water and surf, you've got to surf the conditions that you're presented with. Now that can be small to slop, wind slop, and all of that stuff that you have to create your own froth around, depending on the level that you're at. And the other side of that yeah is what if your only wave is pipeline well if you want to surf that's the wave you're going to learn to surf on but then you condition yourself to get used to your in fact going back to what i said a few episodes ago the the hours of practice you put under your belt Mm. is on something that's hugely critical Mm. so you by definitely if you keep surviving it and you keep practicing you get your 10,000 hours of practice on pipeline. You, you're one of the best barrel riders in the world, which is where you've got Jamie O'Brien coming into the mix. Probably is the best uh, barrel surfer, uh, or uh, if, if not sort of one of them, in the world. So, But that's to do with the conditions you, you get to practice on. And then you see people who practice on maybe small or sloppier waves that, that can make the most of conditions that would throw other professional surfers off. So it is a fascinating, and then and then you kind of combine that with the whole thing of like, well, what is surfing anyway? Mm. Because in those moments that you think, oh, I don't want to get in that, you, you know, your ego's going, well, aren't you supposed to be a surfer? And it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, you might be a rugby player, but you don't want to go and 
uh, get tackled by Ellis Genge or Mauro Toji, do you? Mm, mm. So, so it's kind of like, where do you see yourself and what do you see yourself as? And the, and the only thing that sort of makes you sometimes upset with the not going in, let's say, bigger surfing this, is your ego. <laughs> and, so true. And, and you having to admit to yourself that there are things that you can't do. Or totally. You, or rather, things that you won't do. Mm, so true. And it is this fascinating thing where there's just as much courage in admitting that it's too much as there is in going and having a try. Yeah. Just as much. I, for, for me, the thing that I've, I've always tried to be very wary of is this irrational fear mm. that sometimes comes up that can sort of block me from doing certain things. And I felt it on that day when I had that really bad wipeout. Mm. And the irrational fear was what if it had gone on another five seconds, 10 seconds? Yeah. And what if, and it's this what if mind, and we all have it. It's being aware of that. And when I'd had that wipeout, and it was bad for me, I haven't been held down that long before, um, that it sort of came through it. And then it's like, okay, so what is this, what is this natural fear? Well, the natural fear now is the adrenaline in my tummy. Yeah. We sort of feel it there in a way that I can, I can feel my heart beating faster than normal in my throat. Okay, that's normal, that's natural. Um, and let's call it the, the rational mind in, involved in managing fears, which is like, right, next time, position yourself in a better spot, take off from the one that wasn't like that, which is a complete close-out death bomb. You know, be rational, like, you know, choose a better way. Don't don't just be gun-ho for the sake of it. That's that's just more ego, yeah. right? Go in with a rational mind. Okay, well, choose that wave and be more whatever more smart about it um and then there's the, the irrational side and i mm. think that's what's really interesting um and and we can call it subconscious sometimes but we can call, we can be conscious of it aware of it certainly when it starts doing things like painting pictures it's a fascinating thing called the mind isn't it it sort of makes stuff up in its own little laboratory yeah. it's a little it'll just pop that bit little replay of that bit what if this bit, what if that? And that was where I had to really just breathe and just breathe and watch, breathe and watch, watch the mind, watch the mind, let it play out. It's not comfortable. It's not nice. Because mm. um, it, 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 it really, it triggers back into the body. It's fascinating. Like it, the what if was, you know, Ollie, my mate, having to ring the family. I've got Will on the, on the beach. He's, he's dead or mm. something. You know, like all these sort of silly, irrational, and they go and go and go. And they're like little movies, yeah. you know. Certainly everyone's mind's different. And in my training as, as a, um, I've done NLP training in, in, in that stuff that I've done when it comes to looking at hypnosis and people's minds is that we're all so different that way. Some people, you know, make pictures, some people mm. create movies, um, some people just tell a story like mm. a voice. But one thing we've got to really, really look at is this. We know it's irrational when it goes beyond what is. What is is the adrenaline. What is, is the size of surf. What is, is the experience of that wipeout as it was. What isn't is the what if, what if, what if, what if. And that is what I think holds most surfers back if they're doing, not even the big stuff, but the small stuff too. Well, it's like... Because it's, this, it's this, this extra stuff. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's, that's life in general anyway, isn't it? It is. What if... What if? What if this could happen? Yeah. It, it, yeah. But no, no, I know. I mean, and that's Same the whole drama of everything from news to yourself. is It's all speculation of what might be. Mm -hmm. And that 
often takes you out of the what is and what is is the enjoyment of the here and now and the moment that you're in and and all of those factors conspire against you to an to a degree to prevent you doing something which you'll get an enormous amount of pleasure from so and there is a balance and as we we write going back to the beginning looking at this as two surfers trying to progress on their sort of uh, arc of surfing as well is that you know where do you push the comfort zone and where mm. do you get into a sort of safety zone issues and all that sort of thing so as long as you can differentiate those two things and sometimes you've got to bleed into the next area haven't you literally as well as metaphorically at times in order to dial up the next level of progression but it's very very challenging to do if your mind is always saying well <gasps> what if that happened the, the, the kind of the, the kind of craziness in that is is that again this is not a new theme is that Often the sort of things that happen that are bad are in the places where you th- feel most comfortable. You know, all of that stuff around, um, like even car journeys and that, most accidents happen within like a half a mile of your own house or something ridiculous. Because while you're switched on to the danger of any situation that is your version of danger, not comparative to anybody else's, yeah, well, but- you're often more alert to the situation when your mind is not switched on to the danger of a situation because it's your version of safe, inadvertent comment. Your mind's switched off and that's when you complacent and bad things happen. So it's a strange thing. It's a paradox, the, for sure. The, the what-ifs don't happen sometimes mm. when you're in your perceived safety and comfort zone. So, so true. Yeah, the, the times in my life where I've been the most hurt from surfing has been in, in the smaller stuff. Yeah. Small, small ways. Mm. Um, in large, large conditions, like you said, you're so heightened. You're so in that moment yeah. that all your faculties come to life. Yeah. And, and all those primal faculties of fight and flight and keeping you evolving and surviving as a human and really that human animal yeah. is there. You just, this adrenaline just gives you that extra 120% strength and more, more, more focus and, more, you know, just all those mm. things. Um, fe- fe- feeling switched on in those situations. I mean, this is a sort of. Yeah, I was saying to Will before the show about me doing my inner pole check, l- lugging rubble around. Right. So, I I, I took this is a crazy analogy, but I'm going to go with it anyway. I took a greenhouse down. Right. This is dilapidated in my garden, falling down. It's lethal. Whoever built it was love. It must have been lovely at some point. But there's all these like old glass, which is sort of so thin that it would just sort of take your hand off if it fell. And it, the thing was pretty big. So. Taking all of that apart on my own, bit by bit, and trying to sort of smash the right bit here and take slide the right bit out there without the whole thing coming down, required such a laser focus because glass is lethal, right? When it's that sharp and it's that big, and you there's sheets of it everywhere, and so I had like no nothing on the radio, nothing on the, no music on. I was in this zone of thinking, well, I take all this out, but any move wrong on some of those when you're like uh, you're on a ladder and you're just sort of sliding a pain i'm thinking if this all slides now i've calculated this badly it's gonna pretty it's gonna hurt and um the focus that you get weirdly was some of the most enjoyable couple of hours i've spent because Mm. your mind is clear of other things and as soon as you sort of switch off and you think well that bit's done now i'm good at this bit where i just demolish the bricks and that sort of thing that's when you have an accident with like a sledgehammer or something because you you kind of like well I know this bit this is easy, and it's very 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 telling that the 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 dangerous stuff is sometimes the bit where you're all right because mm. your mind's switched on. So true, and it's why I really try and encourage people to to challenge themselves in surfing in that way because that that flow experience yeah. 
I have I have personally found much more easily available when the size of conditions power gets up to a certain point. Not when it's just not very good surf. Yeah, it's, it's still wanted to be you know, peeling mm. down the line and working. Not just not working. You want still want to get flow experience. You've got to be those beautiful ways as well. But encourage people to, to, to lean in that direction because of what it does to just make your mind. I mean, big wave surfers talk about this that that, that you. They get so hooked because there is just there is so not even so little mind activity. There is none. Yeah, you are just in body. Body is doing. Body is doing. Body. Mm. Body. Body. Next thing. Next thing. You're just in this yeah. complete focus. It's like a like a drug. But, um, dude, we have had wow. little exploration there into mind, body, and fear. We've also got potential for a little surf. After this, haven't we? Yeah, in the sunshine. Little nuggy nugs in the sunshine. Because we get windswell where we are, and we kind of... Um, people talk about windswell, and they say, oh, yeah, it's just a windswell spot. And it's really funny, because actually, all waves that come from anywhere are windswell. Yeah. That's the only way it happens. It just so happens that the further away that wind, the more groundswell it gets called so it gets called and labeled this yeah. thing called groundswell and this was so fascinating with labels in surfing so, you know oh i'm a short border and it is a groundswell it's like mm. yeah. <laughs> is it a windswell or is it grassy? does it really matter there's, know, a, what, there's a surf god somewhere i had to fart on the ocean yeah <laughs> that's a good one. wherever you are <laughs> that's a fucking good one but surf gods around the world doing doing Either large farts or little farts oh. or long farts. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ripply ones. That's like a Wet spot. ones. <laughs> um, but we do. We have a wind, we have a windswell spot. And, and one of the things about where we live is that because of that, let's call it what it is. When people refer to a windswell spot, it's because it's, cl- it's close by wind, sort of local wind within 100 miles. True. 200 miles, 300 miles. Like this kind of short, short... Short period swell that comes in via onshore winds, etc. But do you know what? Because it's a really, it's not even considered a surf spot where we are. We we love it because it stays under the radar in that way. And, and it stays under the radar in that way, in the best kind of way. Not just because less people come, but the people who do come bring a certain attitude. And the attitude is we are so grateful that we have a wave. And when you start from there, you are laughing because there's a wonderful quote. I can't remember who it's by, but I think it's like an Aristotle. It's, some, it's obviously a philosophical quote, but it's happiness is not getting what you want. It is wanting what you get. Yeah. And wherever you live, there's going to always be like this downside of, oh, okay, well, in that case, if you don't live by the waves, you've got to drive to the waves. And that's the downside. Or if you do live by the waves, you've got to deal with, you know, where's your surf window going to come in or what are the waves even like are they weak and shitty and you know quote unquote shitty and sloppy and wind generated or are they really really pumping and huge and going to be too intimidating or whatever it's there's always going to be this way of looking at things you do you either look at it half full and what is working what is good about it or do you look at it half empty and when you get to know humans well enough you start to realise, and this is what I found in my life, that my circle of people I want to be around has just shrunk year upon year upon year because there are so few really genuinely positive people out there. Mm. There's so few, it seems like. It seems like most people literally just want to talk about what's wrong and what shit. And I don't, listen, I'm not then, there, then here to say that, that, you know, 
we we don't go okay well those conditions are like that and that means i'm gonna i'm gonna rest till the next day we don't it, it's not to say that we're not rational about what we call like a like a healthy pessimism shall we say yeah. where if you and i looked at it and went okay well that is absolutely unsurfable yeah. and the next day looks okay well okay you know be smart about it yes not just always like oh isn't it it's great we've got ways well okay yeah it is great but you know there is a mindful element to that you know like actually do you know what i'm, you know what I'm trying to say yeah. But at the same time, mostly what surfers do and humans do is they sort of shit on things for the sake of, I think what it is, is because it's negativity bias. It's a habit. Let's let's go to what it is on a sort of, you know, psychological level. But on a sort of more spiritual level, level it is a way of remaining invulnerable. It's True. a shield. Yeah. You, if, if you, if you use ne- negativity, it can be positivity can as well. There's another one for you. True. Because actually we're talking about shields. Well, it can go the other way too. Yeah. So so, so not ne- neither being up that end of ultra positive to the point of actually it being unconscious. To suppressing all your sad Thank vibes. you. To, to suppress real feelings. Yeah. Nor the other way. Yeah. Where you're using your negativity shield to suppress the vulnerability that comes from showing genuine enthusiasm, but somewhere in the middle where you are neither there or there, but you are just so embracing and grateful for what you have because the present moment is amazing. When you're really there and you're there enough, you start start to just like, fuck, this is just great. Yeah. I'm just in the moment. Isn't life amazing? Completely. And it's a bit like the old William Finnegan thing, just, you know, not least his thing about the waves that we were talking about earlier and that they come in increments of fear, not sizes, but also this, thing that really stuck with me from his book uh, that barbarian days is that surfers have a perfection fetish and as soon as you've got a perfection fetish which is a it's almost the curse of surfing sometimes because you're trying to chase that next best thing you're already lost in the moment lost from the moment that you're in you you, you're thinking about something else Uh, and and you're right that sort of perfection is never really there i mean you might it's fleeting but you you certainly can't hunt it out it'll come to you when when you're when you least expect it um, but I, I think, having been there myself, definitely the shield of your own vulnerability of saying, blaming the reason you're not going to surf on something else, particularly, as we were saying earlier, when it comes to fear, because it takes a bit of you to really admit to yourself that some conditions frighten you, especially if you're supposed to be, a, a, in inverted commas, a waterman, you mm-hmm. know, or a water mm-hmm. woman or a water mm-hmm. person. You, you're like, well, I'm... I'm, I should like all of those conditions. Mm, mm. I'm a very capable, I'm talking about myself as well, I'm a great swimmer. I'm very good in all sorts of variety of sea conditions, but I'm still frightened by them. And in fact, the more I know about those conditions, the more time I spend in, sometimes the more my fear opens up because you see what can happen. Mm. And, and it's the least afraid that you see things and you think, wow, I can't believe that person's mm. actually gone in there. Um, because... They're often it's because they don't, they're not aware of the conditions or so on and so forth. But the thing about admitting to yourself as a surfer what your vulnerability is, and that could be anything, maybe would prevent the negativity bias sometimes. Big time. Being an excuse for why you're not surfing Mm. or why you're not going to go in and give it your best shot or go in and have a good time. So true. I think on that way, when it comes to enthusiasm like you have, and I have, and what seems like quite not that many people... The, de- the expense of sound like we're being some sort of you know, like Liam and I are like surfing gods, you know, but it's this thing where the, the enthusiasm, when it's real, 
is, in fact, well, let's break that word down. Talking about God, you know, while we're here talking about entheus, mm-hmm. Latin, for to be God-like. Mm-hmm. And that isn't that then you say, because I'm enthusiastic, I am like God, but it's to be it's to be so present that you're connected to the universe, whatever that is, God, whatever you want, what label you want to use. But when you're truly connected to the universe and to the present moment, you don't get caught up in the silliness of the future and the silliness of the past. There's a natural enthusiasm for even the listeners of things like so-called shitty waves, mm. two-foot onshore slop, mm. whatever. But that when you show enthusiasm for that anyway because you are just so connected to the moment present moment it stands out and it's easy to cut down it's it's very it's in way easier to take the piss out of someone if they're enthusiastic than if they're a piss taker yeah because the piss taker is the one on the fence already the, the piss taker is not the one in the, in the ring with people pointing fingers at them that look at them aren't they silly mm. they're the one out on the fence doing it mm. So when you're the one who's, who's showing enthusiasm anyway, um, I'm, I've had it a number of times. In fact, it's, it's arguably one of my greatest triggers in life is when people have, have ripped into me for that and ripped into me because I'm an easy target in mm. that way. Mm. Um, because it kind of, it's, it's like I've been vulnerable. I've then been cut down and, and it hurts when it happens. And I've had it before. I think I've, I've, it's one of my most original triggers is sort of, from a young age, being very enthusiastic about life. Yeah. But, geez, that's an easy target. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like what changes, though, because mm. all, up until a certain age, everybody's enthusiastic, aren't they? Mm. Well, like, to an extent. And then there is the self-awareness that comes in and this sort of, you should, the should bit comes in. You should like this, you should like that, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do this. All of that stuff conspire. And then, the sort of, yeah, to, to almost round on people who are having too good a time. <laughs> because there must be something wrong with them mm. and um and you know us blokes if we're talking about us as men, we do it all the time and you've played rugby um anything that you've been involved in is as a team of men around then the easiest way to shield your uh, feelings or whatever it might be is to be as vitriolically <laughs> obnoxious to whoever you sometimes the people you like the most mm. are the ones that give you the biggest amount of shit and so it can be uh, it, it, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. Society or whatever yeah, seems yeah. to want to create that environment that stops people just being in the moment and enjoying themselves. And it's actually really interesting about men and women. And and, and of course, there are anomalies throughout yeah. uh, that. What I'm about to mention is this gender mm. thing. Mm. But just for the sake of what I'm saying, it's that, that in my observation um, that women can be end up being far more supportive. In, in that way of, of, of female to female, of, of let's say the surf thing or just sports or trying new things in that way, sometimes than men, because like you said, there's sort of this, there's this piss taking and it's just banter, that quote unquote banter thing, that, that sort of, it, it is a lot of it, it's completely unconscious, it's shield, it's all that stuff. And, you know, it, it's, it, an example I have in it is um, in, uh, in cricket, that my recent cricket explorations, I've had times where people have sledged me. Now, if you don't know what that means, it means the opposition giving you shit yeah. while you're batting. People people have obviously done that. And, and they've done it to such a degree that it, it no longer feels at all like this friendly laugh, 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 enjoy. Because we're all going to take the piss out of each other from time to time. There's absolutely no question about that. And by the way, it's, it's healthy. Mm. If we stop doing that, well, 
geez, we're getting on to cancel culture and yeah. we're, in, we're, in, we're in even more of a bo- well, spot of bother. What we're talking about is intent. Thank you. And when I know it's... Cu- Thank you, dude. That's well put. When I know, and I felt mm. this in the summer and the summer before when I was playing cricket, when, I, when it was coming from this malicious mm. ego trying to put someone down, it felt wrong. And I... Do you know what's really interesting? I... Whereas normally I'd be barking back and giving shit back. When it happened to a level where it had become egoic and not like soulful fun, giggling at each other, I actually just didn't reply. Yeah. I just in my head went, God, you are a dick. Yeah. Like, geez, you are really actually trying to actually bring me down a peg. And this is, this is a very strange scenario I'm in right now because now mm. we're in a sport yeah. for fun and you've gone way beyond what this is about. Mm. And knowing where that line is is very difficult. We're all humans. We're towing that line of, of is it taking the piss and banter or is it going over the line? That's, we don't know sometimes. But that's when I say it's, it's about intent. So if you have uh, a moment where it can, it's lighthearted, it's meant with good intentions, it's fun, it's open, it's uh, fair, then that's, then that's fine. If it's a place where it's coming because this, the other person's ego is trying to get one up, make themselves feel superior, a bit like the sort of kook situation. That is w- when, when us as surfers, we call people kooks, and it sometimes can be, it, it can be playful and fun and well-meaning, and other times it can be all about exclusion and exclusion of someone, and or, or indeed using that sort of uh, label, uh, that piss-taking, to make yourself feel better for whatever inadequacies or reasons that you might have um, and that that's the big thing when it comes from a place of uh, well-meaning uh, sort of care if you like way way better than when it comes from a place of um, negativity um, ego uh, aggression uh, making up for you for, for, for a deficiency in, in the person that's sort of leveling those um, le- leveling those sort of things up upon you so yeah, that's, it's 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 a funny thing. Has has to be from a good place. Well said, my man. What an intro, epic, dude. Covered serious ground and territory there. Um, Liam is going to kindly close the window for us now because we have visitors, shall we say? Um, and um, yeah. moving on. Yeah, they may have guessed because there was a little bit of kerfuffle. I think there's a tea dance next door. Looking at the types of people that are full. Of- <laughs> yeah, there's a tea dance about hey, to happen, and that's me being mean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's move on segment number two bit of mindfulness Uh, take a breath in through your nose breathe in and breathe out and take a breath in and breathe out Breathe in again. Really feel the air going in to your lungs and your nose and breathe out. And really notice the air leaving your mouth. Last breath. Breath in through your nose. And hold the breath for a moment. Really notice the air going out. When I was surfing um, two days ago at a great spot near us, uh, 
because it's just so long the beach and you can surf kind of where you want it's just peaks everywhere my kind of dream really our dream you know when you just get that freedom to be with just a friend amazing with this with this phenomenal surf it w- was very very special and while it's all happening my mind just clicks about an hour in into um thoughts about my health thoughts about what if and it's really interesting this is where i used to create what we might label nowadays the kind of like an anxiety so dare i say i had anxiety but if you wanted to really label it it's what i had and do have intermittently because it's a journey isn't it that's that's the point in this label thing that makes it so dangerous to label stuff so anyway the reason why I created an anxiety was because I didn't allow myself to feel anxious. I didn't allow myself to have anxious thoughts. And it's such an amazing universe we live in that everything is a loop and a paradox. And I had this real moment in the sea when I, so I used to like, it's like all I could think about were these Mm -hmm. thoughts, Mm -hmm. even when I was supposed to be having so much fun. And it would really, really distract me. Like every time I'd come back from paddling for a wave or getting a wave and riding a wave and I'd sit still again and just be with my thoughts, it would come, the thoughts would come back and I'd be there with the thoughts. And it was thoughts about my, my heart, actually. I think I've shared this story before on the podcast where about 10, 12 years ago now, I had this kind of what felt like it was going to be a heart attack and it wasn't. And it sort of just traumatized me at that point. And, and, we call that kind of PTSD. So it's like post-traumatic. And so when I get it now, uh, and I've had it for years, but when I get it, it's always the same thing. It's like a little feeling in my heart and it makes me go, ooh, what if my heart stopped? Sort of thing. And it, it, is, it sort of really sends my mind into a little bit of a spin. And the point where I'm going to, getting to is, is this. When we're present and when we make the present moment our um, friend and we don't try and be anywhere from it, well, that's when we heal. It's when we heal anything, mm-hmm. but in particular stuff with to do with the mind, because what we're starting to do is we're building a synaptic relationship to the frontal cortex, to the focused parts of the mind when our limbic is firing up. So when the limbic system firing up, which is the fight or flight, you know, old traumatic memories or what if thoughts about the future or whatever, when that limbic is firing up, if you can, stay in the present moment whilst it's happening so if you let's say you're having negative thoughts but you can stay in the moment with tools like deep breathing Mm -hmm. you're training your mind to deal with your fear thoughts let's say in a completely different way you're not dealing with them them in a way i wish these would bloody stop i wish these would pass when are they going to go you're dealing with a way that says i welcome you i acknowledge you stay just stay as long as you need. When you are there and doing that, it's an amazing shift in energy. It's a, an energy that just is the allowingness of things. And because you allow it, you lose that tension. And that's what's so interesting because that tension that we're talking about is what people call anxiety. And it's so fascinating because really what, it, what that tension is, is not even really a thing at all. Absolutely. It's so interesting. This It's a... It's a, when you really delve into the mind, it's a really mysterious, but also a very simple place. Well, sometimes you're fighting the thing. 
as well. And the more you fight it, resist it, the more you resist it, the more it pushes back, rather than giving it a big hug, really, and saying, all right, hang out Thank here you. for a little bit. Thank you. And, um, and, and in some ways, that's why sometimes the, the, we've talked about this before, to be anti-something. I'm anti this. Sort of for every reaction, there's another one coming from the other side. So as much as you're being anti-something, it's happening. It's one of those kind of weird universal things. And we're encouraged to be anti lots of things, really. But it's quite a, it's a, like a negative energy and a, 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 to be against something, to push really against something, rather than to sort of let, let, sort of f- let things flow. That's an unbelievable parallel, the anti-mindset of, of yeah. things, in the same way that, let's say, you're going to be anti-negative yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Mm, no, yeah. no. Good luck with that. And then it's, oh, you pro-positive thoughts. Mm, no, yeah. neither. Yeah. And your positivity shines through anyway. Because when people say, oh, it seems so forced, well, that's up to them. Yeah. But it's not. All humans, if they can get out of their own way, we're a very positive bunch of people. There's a lot of good. There's this amazing consciousness that's going on. There's love. There's gratitude. There's like the experience. You, you've got a different uh, th- whole bloody thing going on when you're human to just an animal. Yeah. There's this extra element, and all that f- just comes to the surface when you are out of your own way. Yeah. But, Not to force anything. But we're sort of almost pitted against each other to create that pro or anti bias, whatever it might be. The division of hu- humans are all largely, yeah, we, we are animals at the end of the day, so we do stupid things and we fight each other, and we, you know, ego is still there and it's ever present, gets in the way. But broadly, there's like when you go to a lineup, most people, majority of people in that water at that given t- time are there to have a really good time. And um, there's only a few that are intent on ruining it for everybody else. <laughs> it's so true. Um, and that's the way it goes. Yeah, it is. Um, scene number three, mind, body, stoke. Things Liam and I have been working on with the mind and the body to raise the stoke. Now, we've talked a lot on this show about longevity because it's a very important word for surfers. We want to be doing this for as long as we can. It's just just an obvious one. Um, And that's what's lovely about being a surfer. Is is there such a thing as a retirement? I bloody well hope not. No. You know, when we hear most sports people, oh, I'm retiring, I'm hanging up the booze, I'm just surfing. When when are you going (laughs) to... Even if you have to drag me there with one tooth and flop me in the water on my belly board, I'm going in. Yeah. Right, get the feeling of waves. The fe- that's all we want—the feeling of waves. Let's let you just like what you're surfing. The feeling of waves, and when we discuss longevity, um, fasting is a very powerful tool in that process because of autophagy. And autophagy, in simple terms, and I don't know the complex science of it, but the simple terms that I know from the people that I follow is that fasting, when done sort of sixteen eight. That's what we call intermittent fasting or 24-hour fasts or three-day fasts where you don't have food for three days. Basically, any period of time, it's time is the key here, where you restrict yourself from eating and just have you know water or black coffee and teas and whatever. What the body starts doing after a while is it starts eating itself. That's what autophagy is. But in the process of that, it eats a lot of the shit too. So it eats up a little bit of your... Uh, natural protein stores and fat as well 
But in doing so, it eats up a lot of the old crap and the toxins and all the stuff you don't want there mm-hmm. as well. And because it does that, when you then go to refeed, you've cleared out a lot of the old shit that you don't want in your body. Mm. But you've refueled, and so now you've got this thing where you've got like a clean slate. Absolutely. And and that's what fasting does. Now, Peter Artia, now I really want you guys to check this guy out. Peter Artia, I think that's A-R-T-I-A. He's been on Joe Rogan. He's been on a number of podcasts. Tim Ferriss is another one he's been on. Um, he's really doing the rounds. He's, he, he's very, very popular right now on longevity for good reason as well because he's just a great guy, lovely presenter, seems like a real, real good dude. And he talks about pulling, at, trying to be pulling at three strings, always in your nutrition for the purposes of surfing in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s. Let's really work out what is this about? It's, I want to do a cutback in my 70s. I want my knee to function. I want my back to be healthy to, so that I can carry my ball to the beach and feel great. All these things. Think about the motives for these things because sometimes we don't as surfers think clearly enough about that. Why? Yeah. It's so powerful because these things I'm going to talk, talk to you about now are not easy. And geez, none of this shit comes easy. But if you want those rewards, you've got to do it and try to do the work. And, but also remember why, you know, and how powerful that is. But it's pulling at these three prongs, basically. Time, calories, macronutrients. I'll go through what I mean. Time, as in time restricted. Have you done a 16-hour fast today and then eaten in an eight-hour window? For example, right? So pulling at one of those. If you haven't, you want to be pulling at the next one. Have you been slightly under your calorie intake for the day? So have you burned a few more calories than you've taken in? If you haven't done that one, be finally pulling at the final one. Have you dropped a macronutrient? Have you dropped fat from your diet, carbs, or have you dropped protein? Now, dropping fat from your diet, as research has shown, isn't as powerful as dropping carbs or protein, but it's still got relevance. But basically, have you done a day of lower carb? Or have you done a day of lower protein? Mm Mm-hmm. For example. So it's pulling at those. What if you do them all together? Now, you do them all together, you can, and he does, but just in very small windows. Mm. You do that too much, obviously, you're then just going to yeah. Yeah, be malnourished kind of thing. But th- So it's an interesting take. It's one of those ones where the way I do things, and this is where we're going to relate this back back to the, the, the what is it like trying to be someone uh, really interested in the longevity, the long term as a surfer, but also considering the short term. And the short term being, how am I going to perform in the ocean with whatever fuel I have in me? So it's a really interesting juxtaposition that we have as surfers. We've got this long term gain of, I want my joints to gradually keep getting better and I want to get fitter and I want, and I know that food is going to play this huge role in that, but how in the short term is that going to affect me? Because as as you would know, you know, there have been, you know, if I've I've had people who've been inexperienced with fasting, and then gone and surfed on the sixteenth hour, maybe eighteenth hour of their fast, and they're finding like, yeah, it's harder than normal. So how do you balance all that? And well, this is what I do for, for me personally. So what I wanted to share on the, on the show today. The the prong that I pull at the most is time. So I fast every day. I just fast longer some days than other days. And because I do that, it means I pull at the other two prongs automatically. So I just focus on time. So I either eat two meals a day or I eat one meal a day. So I tend to do two days in a row of two meals and then one day of one meal and then go back. 
two meals, two days, etc. With surf, though, and this is where I'm finally getting to my final point here. There are one in three surfs I have where there is no doubt about it, I am flatter in my paddling, not on the board. It's really interesting. Surfing on the actual wave is what? If we're in the absolute fucking dream scenario, the mental waves, max even there, 20 seconds. That's a huge wave. 20 seconds of turns, like full on. Our average waves in this country, or any country for that matter, just average waves, three seconds, eight seconds, 12 if you're very lucky, maybe 14 seconds. Do you know what I mean? Like 14 second ride of like constant turns. That's a beautiful ride. Yeah, I mean, you the, might get 20. It's interesting surfing. A lot of people, when they say they've been for a surf, have been for a paddle. Correct. Now, now, now work this out. If you had 10 waves in a surf, let's say they are 20 seconds even per wave. That is 200 seconds of standing on your legs, on your feet. Now that is one minute, well, that's no, two minutes and three minutes yeah. and... I didn't see hear what you'd said the first time. How many seconds? So it's, it's, it's 200 seconds. Of, let's say you've had an amazing surf where you've had 20 second rides and yep. you've 10 of them, right? Now let's work out that surf. Let's say it was a three hour surf on a normal long kind of standard beach break where it's a long paddle back. <laughs> you will have paddled <laughs> for two hours and 57 minutes yeah. And surfed for like two and a half. three. Yeah. <laughs> it's what happens. So here's my thing. When you, when you restrict carbs a bit, because yeah. you're doing one meal or whatever, don't throw in the towel because that surf you had, you felt a bit, whew, not flat like, God, I feel gr- gr- dreadful. You don't want that. That maybe means you have gone too far yeah. and you need, maybe need some banana for, before a surf or whatever. But just, you no, know, no. Just paddling and feeling not like wah, buzzing with energy. And that is interesting. That is good for you long term. It's really good for you because what you're doing is like your body is like a bath. Like imagine your carb stores. And what you're doing is you're draining the bath. It means that when you go to eat, you refill the bath. What you don't want to do is have the bath go down just a smidgen. And then you top the bath up and then it starts spilling over. Yeah. And this is what we call body fat, but it's also what we call inflammation too. Because that's, that's, that's our whole thing in this show. It's not just about how you look at all. It's, it's in, almost entirely about how you feel. And it just so happens that the leaner you get and the leaner you stay, the better it is for your longevity, for your joints, for your brain, all these things. Yeah. Where, where once, you know, the quest for a six pack was just this quest for a six pack and what can we do to get it? What we're now noticing in the research on longevity is actually getting closer to a six pack is very fucking good for you because it well, also, lowers inflammation. It helps your joints. And having, having musculature as you age is very important for you as well because it keeps everything in the right place. There is not an inevitable decline with aging that society seems to have previously in the past presented you with. But you have to do things that are uncomfortable sometimes to keep those gains going and as you say for, for me as you as I, as I sort of march through my 40s you go i, I want to well firstly i want to thrive rather than just survive and that's the that's the big bit we've talked about before and the other thing is how long can you keep surfing for and for as long as you are thriving you're surfing and if you're just surviving it's very hard isn't it and that then then we're back into all that mind is one part of that 
The body is a huge part of that. And that's how you access that sort of stoke level from all of the flow state you get into. And that might change at different ages. Like you say, to be an 80-year-old on a belly board, what was she called? Gwen Haslock, who does that down in uh, Newquay. She's okay. one of the original belly boarders. I think she's sort of 80 now or something. Oh, and stuff flying along places amazing. like Fistral. So you, I want to be that person. And you to, to be that person, there are things you're going to have to do to keep the body creek, creek free. A bit like looking after an old car, isn't it? Or a clock or something like that. <laughs> If you, just, like that. if you just put it, if you just leave it, it's going to go to shit. Yeah. So interesting. And one of those things on that is when it comes to your training on land, not too much, not too little. Yeah. Not too much, not too little. The same applies to food. You know, there is this basic wisdom of, of staying well and long and having longevity. It's just finding your balance. Where is it? And that's a journey. That is a huge, and, and that that's why the sort of Taoist philosophies are probably weave deep and far across the kind of surf culture that we have, especially when it comes to this sort of some of the woo, some of the mindfulness, some of the spiritual, some of almost the religious themes that are in there. Is that to walk the line between order and chaos is where a lot of the good things start to happen, and that that applies to your mind, your surfing, your body, your spirit, all of those things. To, to kind of keep accessing that middle point sometimes, that balance point is where the harmony lies. So, so true. And the example I have of recent times is that I have been really passionately following uh, Knees Over Toes guy. Yeah, yeah. And he's very, very uh, famous within his own right now, his own field, huge following, quite rightly, putting out unbelievable content. And I do not use that word lightly because mm. he is delivering, he's, he is offering his best stuff just online in quick videos. And that's powerful. Mm. Um, so his name is Ben Patrick. Mm. And as Liam well knows, and you guys will know if you listen to the show for a while that I've had knee issues since injuring my knee playing rugby um, when I was, when I was younger. And it's a work on, it's a journey. I go through phases where the knee is just great and don't have to do much with it. And other times where I've got to do loads with it because it's a challenge, but it's trying to find that middle point where I do enough that I prevent the issue. I don't do too much that I cause one. Mm. And I think what was interesting from last week's journey, I've been doing loads of sled and he's really on it with this sled thing. And I've been getting loads of my clients to do sled training as well, either pushing the sled or pulling the sled. And I made my, my own homemade one where you, it's just a, a strap around some plates, rubber plates, like heavy 20 kilo plates. And I just dragging it up and down the road. And it's an unbelievable workout for your quads, mm. which stabilizes your kneecaps and stabilizes your patella and helps your tendons and your calves and all these things. And not these huge, huge benefits, but I was getting flogged doing it. And you and I have both had this before where we get a little bit addicted to a certain feeling. You get this boost in wellness and longevity. You go, oh, do more, do more, do more. Even with fasting sometimes. Oh, I felt amazing for fasting. You do too much. Whoa, pull it back. And I did this one where I think I'd done, he recommends four to six days a week of sled. It's kind of almost daily. And I'm going, oh God, yeah, okay. And actually I did, I followed his program and went, whoa, I feel rough. I, I was following the program mindlessly I wasn't actually listening to my own body I was like god my legs are tired enough yeah and actually I stopped because my knee was actually niggling a bit from doing it and then I stopped and the next day from having had a day off I've gone oh my god my legs felt amazing and they were like thank you for giving me so that's an example isn't it there of you know even someone giving you the program yeah 
but you've still got to have your own body. And rest is is a huge part. Huge rest part. and recovery. And that's the bit that often gets overlooked. Yeah. Do, am I resting? Am I recovering? Am I, am I getting better? Uh, am I a better version of the p- person I was physically or whatever you were trying to get better at than I was yesterday or the week before? That's the thing to keep looking at. For me, that's what I keep telling myself. Hell yeah. Um, segment number four. Do you want to share anything on my body soon? No. I, 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 one thing I would just sort of say on the kind of physical labour aspect of things, when you've done both of those things in your life and, and, and sort of the, the times when you are doing something in inverted commas, manual, you know, so a bit like the Paul Check philosophy of working out, lifting boulders, hitting things with a hammer. They sort of, you know, I'm, I'm better at demolishing things than I'm at rebuilding them, that's for certain. But in the act of... Uh, Anything that's related to using your body to do something that you can then visually see the results of is, is a great way to access both a, a, a well-being of mind and a sort of flow state at times. So I've spent a lot of the last sort of three days in between doing some nice stuff as well, as I say, demolishing this building. Um, and it's been brilliant hitting things with sledgehammers. Uh, carrying stuff like a sled it's, na- it's natural it's a natural workout isn't it and to feel the exhaustion of a long day and thank god in the sun recently of doing something mm. like that is is primal so that's it's very hard to access it but but it but it does make me nostalgic for those days of working on building sites but not in the winter when it's snowing but in the sunshine and sometimes that moment where your body and mind are totally both body exhausted, mind quietened, is a, 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 like surfing, is like a place of nirvana. It's, it's interesting. You've mentioned this so many times. I think that there's a definite calling, it seems like, to be in a gardener <laughs> that's there in you. And it's funny because um, everyone has a different type of exercise that they're, they're really drawn to, do well at, get, get health from, da-da-da. Surfing tends to be a real good one because it... It's good for those people who like this kind of power short burst stuff, yeah. but it's also good for people who quite like that kind of mm. lower intensity paddle bit as well. So surfing sits in the middle, but there are obviously other activities along that spectrum. And with your love of that, with the gardening stuff, I, I find that quite tiring. I find myself getting real tired when I do that kind of labory type, but you, your energy goes up. Mm. You, you you get such a boost from that. And you can do it hour after hour after hour. There you go, dude. You are going to be... Oh, he's a grafter, that boy. You are going to be... There's, there, I was going to say, there's your, your your Irish genes out in the, out in the fields. Racist. Ticking up tear tools. Um, but no, there's, there's obviously there's that plower in you. Wants to be out in the fields yeah. and in the trees. Channeling my inner... Pulling up veg. Labourer. Doing stuff. Um, Second number four, bit of bit of media, surf media. I, I want to share something we're supposed to... I wanted to um, share two weeks ago first, and it's the 100-foot wave. So it's a, an amazing documentary called The 100-Foot Wave. Uh, Garrett McNamara is the sort of lead character. Um, six parts. If you don't want to or don't have Sky, and you want to be able to access it in this country, in the UK, you can get it on Now TV. And I did a subscription uh, that was like a free trial. Watch the season ended the trial because i didn't need now tv after that there's nothing else i wanted to watch so now tv is the one but i think i think if you're abroad it would be an obviously on your own different i think the surf network have probably got it right. you know the surf network.com that's where you get all the latest um surf movies that are out yeah. is this i think it's the surf network i think you have to pay for it but 
Um, yeah, it's just a... It's everything we want from a surf documentary because it's about surfing. Obviously, you have to have the, this thing we love. But then it's the people. And it's the stories. And it's the emotion. And it's the wave of up and down that we all go through in life that you can relate to. And it's just well done. Mm. Simple, simple, simple. There's some great characters. Uh, there's a British guy, Andrew Codden, we mentioned on the show. He's a big character in the in, in the in the doc, and you feel for him at times. But I won't spoil it. You just got to watch it. And uh, have you seen it now? Have you no, I still it? haven't seen it. I've, no, I've, I, I, no, but I will. Tis good. I was. Really I, I looked the first time you recommended it to me, and I've got so many of these sort of either free trials or paid things on the go. Um, I thought it would be at least on one of them, and it's not. It's on the bloody Sky. It's, it's I know. It's now now TV is the only one that's that I found. I did the free trial and just bailed after it. I yeah. watched it in to get you a week you free try, trial. You try get get you your try. money. Pay pay your subscription. Says Liam. Says Liam. <laughs> um, what? Um, actually, on that front, so what's your, what's your media? Do you want a media one? I've been too busy to watch bloody surf media recently. There you go, I? mate. There you go. Anyway. Nice to see everyone. Nice to see you guys. See, yeah, but we'll we, we hopefully get a wave this evening. Yeah. Um, but I hope you're getting waves wherever you are, and we'll see you next week. Nice one, guys. Cheers.